0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. Ghost Stealers! Ghost Stealers! Say Ghost Stealers! Ghost Stealers!
1: Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. It is June 20th, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost on this bright and sunny Father's Day.
0: Most importantly, you can't say it to yourself, so let me say it on behalf of all the listeners. Maybe all you guys at the same time with me. One, two, three. Happy Father's Day. Papa Tom the greatest father voted by Time Magazine and my sister and I as well. Thank you for bringing us into this world, for raising us with steely Pittsburgh values and a resolve to value Ben Roethlisberger on the game-winning drive versus Arizona, for taking the searing, scorching, and cooking of meat to a new height, and for your deluxe baritone voice tones that you lend to the listeners. Thank you, Dad. I love you.
1: Well, that is very flattering, and um, I appreciate that. There's no ranking of fathers, I would say. You know, my, my own father right. had quite an impression on me, but I would say that your mother's father the last of the renaissance man the ricardo Montebon, of grandfathers that man who flew airplanes owned an airline sailed ships across the blue ocean
0: was jailed for speaking up against the government in a civil war that he lost and but why i mean the list goes on and on uh we need to have pop up as a guest on the podcast at one point you guys if you can imagine those dos Equis commercials for the most interesting man in the world that is my grandfather and dad's father-in-law, and it, and it is almost copy-paste. All those things we just said, those were not lies. Those are actual things that happened in his life. So definitely the patriarchy in the family uh, hopefully trickles down very nicely. I think, it, I think it does. The dads lead the way. So sort do of the moms, of course, too, but today's the dad's day.
1: This Past week offered us some interesting tidbits to talk about. We're going to talk about minicamp, which just closed. Uh, Matt Canada was interviewed and said something we'd like to talk about. There is more to talk about with regard to the offensive line. A very interesting conversation with Dwayne Haskins I'd like to dive into for a minute or two. And finally, Deontay Johnson focuses on his problem last year. We'll get into that as well. But first a word from our sponsor.
0: Thank you for that throw right there. We're going to throw right to the Spotify green room guys. I've been telling you about the, the appealing stench of the locker room. Why is it an appealing stench? Because it's the stench of sports talk. Well, guess what? They've rebranded because they don't want stink. They want suave and that's now, Spotify Green Room, formerly Locker Room. It's a live audio only sports talk platform that's free to download and easy to use. Where you can talk to podcasters, you can talk to other fans, you can even talk to the athletes and insiders that are part of the game in real time. Uh, Spotify Green Room is perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Basically, it's a lot of what you get on Twitter without any of the extracurriculars. It's just what's important in life. It's sports. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS or Android app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group.
1: Thank goodness for Matthew Canada who lit the fuse on a uh, an explosive yes. Twitter conflagration. And I'll just read the... Relevant quote, the quarterback is the focal point, and it's the greatest position in all of sport, in my opinion. We are going to do what Ben wants to do and how Ben wants to do it. That led to, Afra said, conflagration on Twitter.
0: Yeah, so two weeks in a row here. The, the Steelers' media training, not trying to call out Burt Lawton or whatever the, uh, the PR guy's name is. The media training needs training they need to be trained on how to train their team on how to speak in the media because Devin Bush last week and Matt Canada, have you not been here, Matt? Do you know if you say one sentence that goes, we are going to do what Ben wants to do and how Ben wants to do it. It doesn't matter what you say around that sentence. It doesn't matter the context. You have to know what's happened here over the last two years, particularly last year. I mean, obviously two years ago, Ben wasn't even playing. But with the... Uh, the flaccid Steelers offense, really the perfect word to talk about that offense from last year, <laughs> the second half in particular. With, with what happened with the offense last year, with the media and, and, and general fans' propensity to want to blame Ben Roethlisberger at the first sign of anything that isn't an utter dominance, uh, you can't say that in an interview. And a big problem that people wondered about last year is, hey, is Ben calling a lot of these plays? Are they getting the ball out of his hands so quickly because he is scared to get hit or he's uncomfortable with getting hit in his old age? Obviously, he was never scared of getting hit for a long time, but clearly doesn't seem comfortable with it this year. Is he audibling out of too many RPOs into pass plays? Is Ben one of the prime reasons for the Steelers – running this weird little ineffective dink and dunk offense. Maybe, I mean, surely he's a big part of it, but you know, that's going on. You can't say we're going to do what Ben wants to do and how Ben wants to do it and expect the media to draw some sort of nuance of like, oh, they don't mean they're just going to bend over to Ben's wishes. He's just going to try to do what Ben does. Well, you know, that's probably what he meant, but come on, you got, you're a, damn offensive coordinator in the NFL. You're the like 50. We keep calling you this young guy. It turns out you're old as hell. You can't make that mistake. I don't know, Dad. What do you think about that? Because that's my take from it. My take isn't, oh, crap, they're just going to run the Ben offense. Clearly, they fired the past offensive coordinator who was doing that. They hired Matt Canada for a reason. My take from this story is that Canada has to be smarter in interviews, right?
1: My take is we should send him a thank you card because we have this to talk about. Because who cares what he says? It gives us. Uh, <laughs> I think the problem well, is the nuance, care. That's right? You're saying media. Yeah. That he gave us a headline. He gave us a headline to talk yes. about, and of course he has to take into consideration what Ben thinks about what's going on. So I, I kind of I grin. I, I think it's great, and if I had uh, I wasn't worried about my job, there's a lot of crazy things I'd say just to stir the pot.
0: Well, I, yeah, and of course, that, but that's the point I keep trying to make. Uh, every week about Bush or whatever. You can't just say that, oh, it doesn't matter. It's fun. We get to talk about it. The point is it becomes real because ESPN picks it up and other teams pick it up. Now, there's a couple of jump off points that I want to talk about on this. Number one is I want to talk about PFF and how they are like – they're like a drug addict just spinning out of control into heavy meth usage and they don't know who they are, what they are, what they're doing. I want to talk about them, and then I do want to talk about some of my theories on what Ben's going to want to do, and what Matt Canada absolutely needs to force him to do outside of everybody's obvious big one is play action and playing under center more. Okay, so first the PFF thing, Dad, they're biased against the Steelers. It's brutal. I never want to be that guy. I, I don't necessarily think many uh, game announcers are biased against many teams because they realize every fan base hates every announcer because every fan base just holds one memory in their mind, one painful crushing loss in which the announcer was, in their opinion, too exuberant in announcing uh, you know, a Saints touchdown to, to, to put the nail in the coffin against the Steelers. Oh, then Troy Aikman hates the Steelers, whatever it is. you know, I, ten- I tend to think that stuff's overblown. But PFF, they don't know what they are. They don't like the Steelers. They post clickbaity uh type of tweets and Instagram posts that are designed in this modern fashion, really the Bleacher Report mold, in order to draw out social media engagement, such as when they posted the skill position lineup for, all the, for every team. And for every team, every couple of days they would post it and say, who's stopping this offense? Knowing that there's an easy dunk to be made by all the brutally unfunny people on Twitter, which is going to say, uh, everybody's going to stop it. Or if it's the Steelers, uh, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Bengals. Just completely devoid of originality. But they posted the quote from Canada. None of the words around it, but they just posted, we're going to do what Ben wants to do and how Ben wants to do it. With a big picture of Ben there. And then basically said, like, what are your guys' thoughts? Or it looks like Big Ben's running the show in Pittsburgh. And if you're saying this in your Bleacher Report, fine. I get it. You're, you're an internet company. The whole point is more entertainment-based. It is really it, truly a click a clickbait site. They're baiting you to click in and to make conversation. It's Stephen A. Smith, uh, you know, all those guys, whatever, Skip Bayless, it's designed more for entertainment. And if you understand that, that's okay. And I don't rail against Stephen A. Smith. I'm like, if you're getting – your, your analytical sports news from Stephen A, you're a moron. Like he's there to entertain you. He's a smart guy. It's an entertainment show. There are so many resources to get the nitty-gritty uh, statistical an- uh, analysis. But PFF promotes themselves as that. They said, they said that NFL teams use their studies. They're supposed to be an analytical company that bases everything off of analytics. That's their whole spiel. So who are you? Are you a clickbait social engagement article that completely leaves out any context to Matt Canada's interview at all? Or are you the the stat heads who are going to be – who are going to walk it back and say, well, technically, look at what Matt Canada has done over the years in his play calling and what Ben said earlier in this offseason and so on and so forth. So that's my big problem with PFF. They don't know what they are.
1: Yeah, don't you think that the problem is the statistics that PFF puts out – are appealing to a limited number of guys that are true geeks, you know, whether you believe the numbers or not, it is kind of, to a numbers guy, it's great to have ratings on offensive linemen, right? And that's their right that was their content. And most people just want a headline, a quick human interest story, and that's the way they're trying to draw people in.
0: Yeah, I, I just think it's like deceitful. Like when you prop yourself up, they try to say like they're an extremely valuable resource to be used within NFL buildings. But then they're doing clickbait. Because that's all that... And I'm not saying clickbait in, in the lazy sort of fashion when somebody writes something that you don't want to hear. It's, oh, this is clickbait. You know, Florio writing about all the conflicting statements that Cole Beasley made in his... Uh, he, Cole Beasley made a big post about why he's not taking the vaccine. He's like, I'm going to let my body do this the natural way. That's how you should do it. And then it's like, well, then what about... What about the torn ACL that you re- repaired with modern surgery? So that, that 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 conflicts itself. Nope. Just keep moving on. So I get when people are like well, if they're a fan of Cole Beasley, they'll say, "Oh, that's clickbait." No. Well, you just don't like what he had to say, even though he had legitimate uh, points. Clickbait is actually a form of media right now. It's heavily based off of lists and making a post that says, "Who's better, this person or this better or this person?" Like for Drum Bettis, retweet for Curtis Martin. It is a business model and they are using it and you're right everyone wants to have an offensive line ranking so i think that they found out "Ooh, if we put out the top 10 receivers as graded by pff naturally it's going to create engagement and i think they've gotten a little bit addicted to the to the golden teat and they're suckling off of it and they can't get their teeth out of there and now they're dipping a little bit too deep into the clickbait world in my opinion
1: you know it seems like a company like that has a business model to be acquired, and a likely acquirer would be something like Bledsoe, right? The scouting service. If they really were valued by NFL teams, yeah. and that's where the real money. I'd want to be bought out. And these guys, I mean, you you make a, you really describe it well when you say they haven't figured out who they are. Well, I think they figured out that their original model doesn't support you know doesn't support them in the lifestyle to which they'd like to become accustomed. So, yeah. hence the clickbait, and I'm not sure that there. I, I have no idea how much money it, it there is in just drawing people shallowly, if that's the right word, you know, just to draw you in for a headline. What they've done though is they are they're torching their bridges because once you lose your credibility, their original business model. How how can you bring that back?
0: Right, and if you just want to be in the bleach or report clickbait game, you're fine. You don't. You're, there's nothing to torch. You know, at that point, that is what you are. But you're right. You. You started off as, as supposedly this credible statistical source, which we all knew. We've talked about it many times. We've subscribed to PFT or PFF, like it is a tool to be used within, you know, grading players. It is not the tool. It's not completely useless. It is certainly not bible because they're really bad at taking context. They're just like, well, we added up all the runs in fourth and short for the entire NFL for this year, and this is how we got what you should do on fourth and short. There is no thought of who was injured in which game. Was the 31st-run defense playing against the first-run offense? Or maybe they even take that into account. But, like, what about on that particular day? Football is weird. There are days when, oh, the offense is just flat. Ben throws uh, six touchdowns against the Indianapolis Colts then six touchdowns against the Baltimore Ravens, and then they lose the very next week to Michael Vick-led Jets, like, with no injuries. They just they were just flat. So there are things that PFF will never be able to take into account, uh, so that's what makes them an inherently flawed system, but they are useful as one of many tools to, to grade football. Um, I had a... Did you have anything else on the PFF? Because I had another thing I wanted to spin off into Matt Canada. I do not. So... With Canada, I do, I, you and I both agree. What he meant to say there is basically like, yeah, I mean, we're going to play to Ben's strengths. We're not going to run a bunch of bootlegs because the guy's 40 years old and he's not going to be able to run out of the pocket. I hope that they're going to play to downfield throwing, which is, Ben Roethlisberger is one of the best downfield throwers in history. Now, his his deep passing like along the sidelines last year was pretty off, but uh, some of that we said it was just sort of perfunctory throws. People weren't totally open. He sometimes would whiff them. Claypool, Deontay weren't making combat catches. So maybe that's not dead quite yet. But he definitely looked good throwing over the middle of the field deep uh, over the course of the year. So hopefully they play to Ben's strengths that way. Okay. The big thing we all want impl- implemented is play action because the Steelers are last placed by a shocking margin in terms of play action. Just wild. You're you're legitimately playing with one hand behind your back. That's like saying like, oh yeah, we don't throw to the tight end. Nah, we don't really do that. Why? There's lots of yards being left on the field that way. Play action creates easy completions. Got Jared Goff to a damn Super Bowl. It's just play action. He fakes it off of that amazing run game with Todd Gurley, and then gets to throw to uncovered receivers. Same thing for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why you saw him in a in a Super Bowl, right? So the Steelers need to do that, and in order to do that more effectively, playing under center is really helpful. It lets your running back get ahead of steam and also creates deception because it's harder to see, whereas when Ben and the running back are you know, five, six yards behind the line of scrimmage. Okay, we both want those. Here's my big point. Here's the big thing I've been thinking about this week in terms of something that absolutely needs to be drilled in the offense. Chase Claypool needs to be the number one playmaker. Chase Claypool, he has... Julio Jones or DK Metcalf-like potential. Okay, Julio Jones and Megatron, those are top-ten receivers of all time. I'm not saying that is in the cards or not. Um, now, Julio and Megatron, were their rookie years. We're already that guy. So I'm not going to say he's going to go there. But at least DK Metcalf, you know, he has that sort of potential. The size and speed combination, along with actually being coordinated and being able to jump over people and tiptoe on the sidelines, is out of this world. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, they could practice for 10 hours for every day of their life. They'll never catch up to what Claypool could be if he's a real beast. I am worried that Ben does not have a chemistry with Claypool, as evidenced by his playing time shooting down over the course of the season, while Ben was lobbying heavily for two guys he was more familiar with, James Washington and Juju Smith-Schuster. To me... I understand the value of bringing Juju back. We've said it over and over again. But like we've said, you got two other receivers who could be superstars, and we need friggin' Steven Nelson. But we got Juju instead, right? So I am worried that Ben is going to try and force the ball to those guys when we need Chase Claypool to break out. Because if Claypool breaks out, you're a Super Bowl team. Every defense has to play you differently because on any single play, it can be a 90-yard touchdown. And it sucks that Claypool didn't come three years ago when Ben was still a kingmaker of deep ball receivers, whether it was Wallace or Brown or Sammy freaking Coates, Martavis Bryant. If you could go deep, Ben is going to turn you into a star. Okay, so maybe Ben's not throwing as deep right now. But when I think of Chase Claypool, I think of young Odell Beckham Jr., because at that time, Eli Manning was where Ben is now. Like, okay, it's not trash, but it's definitely not in the prime. They don't like to t- – they can't – they're brittle. They can't take a lot of hits, so you're not going to sit there and just throw the ball down the field all day. But Eli – Found a chemistry instantly with Odell and trusted him to throw the ball up there, make plays, and he became Odell Beckham Jr. pretty much instantly. So that's something I really hope they don't mess with. And Ben's comments about wanting to throw the ball to Juju every play, Juju's comments about wanting to play outside a little bit more, it does worry me a little bit. So I hope the Steelers know what they have and chase Claypool and they nurture that.
1: I have nothing to add. I think you make a really good case. I am hopeful that Deontay will be, if he's not 1A, he'll be 1B, especially since he purchased the tennis ball tosser.
0: So he's going to so, you know, Ostensibly
1: oh. to help him focus on the ball.
0: Okay, I got a question for you regarding Deontay, Dad. I, I keep going back and forth about this. I, I don't know if he led the league in drops, but he was at, he was at the top. Um, was he led the league as, in
1: drops with 13.
0: That's Horrific but they, so many of them came in that two-week stretch. Was his season as bad as we thought, or was it really primarily a two-week stretch? Am I just getting rosy-eyed now that the season's over? Like, you know what? It was just two games. Or does he really consistently drop the ball? My feeling is, like, I think a, a tremend, I think almost 10 of them were in two weeks.
1: Yeah, is, four in one game. I, I don't know if it was 10 in two weeks, but it was four in one game. Um he had nine hundred he had over nine hundred yards receiving. He had a he had a
0: rough last uh, what four games or less two of the last four games. And really bounced back after that. Bounced back major way against the Colts. Uh, he, you know, I've always had very high hope. I mean, he has a lot of similarities to Antonio Brown. It is it, it is eerie. Obviously, not saying he's gonna be one of the best receivers in history. I know I keep comparing these guys, but there's major similarities with Claypool and Deontay. Like Deontay One of the better route runners in the entire NFL already. Big play machine. He can catch it deep. We saw him catch a a bunch of deep touchdowns running go routes. He can run past people. He can juke out the best cornerbacks in the entire game. You saw Jalen Ramsey on him. You saw Tredavious White, and he did not have a problem with those guys. He can punt return, another old Antonio Brown staple, another great shifty wide receiver kind of thing. So his tools are, are incredible. And then Juju Smith Schuster, we probably talked about way too many times. I mean, he's Heinz Ward. He's insanely reliable, great run after the catch guy. But uh, it's nice to hear that Deontay is addressing that, although you wonder, like, how much do you address the drops, or does that get you in your head a little bit more? But um, also, I think the short passing thing kind of screwed the receivers a little bit, too, because they were getting teed off on by a defensive players. So hopefully, uh, Matt Canada eradicating that will help a little bit going forward.
1: Well, I don't want to stretch an analogy, but you know, Chris Boswell had a down year, probably because of an injury. Let's just hope it's one right. because if you look back at Johnson's record, even in college, dropping the ball has not been a problem. So I, I worry about what you worry about, which is this, does this get into his head? But right, let's um, let's be optimistic.
0: We will be. I am.
1: So have you been? Uh, so have you been reading the stories about James Pierre in camp and seeing? I wouldn't say accolades, but there's a lot of positivity about his potential.
0: It's really hard not to get excited because we all obviously want the answer to be that easy. They release Steven Nelson, and then once again, the Steelers' new pipeline of undrafted star cornerbacks continues with James Pierre. And of course, it would be so easy for us to be like, oh, yeah. Undrafted guy played one game last year. Guess what? He's a bona fide great starter. It's almost a little too good to be true. And there are so many of these type of articles in the offseason for every team. But where there's smoke, there's fire. Because this isn't brand new. They were kind of the Steelers coaching staff was kind of talking him up last year during the year. And then obviously him j- jumping Justin Lane. That says a lot. They didn't wait till this year. They didn't give Justin Lane uh, nine lives like they gave to Artie Burns. You know, there are signs that James Pierre could be a pretty good player. And if he ends up being decent, whoo the Steelers' trajectory changes once again. Because we know they have this massive hole at cornerback and at the backup edge rusher spot. And then the big question at offensive line. Other than that, the Steelers are absolutely stacked to the gills and deep at all the rest of the positions. I mean, not deep at safety, but... Um. yeah, that would be huge. So it is pretty exciting to see him get that buzz and a little reminiscent of Mike Hilton when he was getting the buzz in training camps. And uh, I just can't wait to see him on the field. I, and I hope he gets a bunch of reps in the preseason, which is going to be four games for the Steelers instead of the rest of the league, which gets three because they got to play the Hall of Fame game. And I hope we get to see him play uh, some quarterbacks who will be willing to throw the ball deep. And I, I'd love to see how he can you know, run with NFL receivers on a consistent basis.
1: All right. Here's where I, I think we, we, we're back to the PR travails of the Steelers. Dwayne Haskins, right. in an interview, was talking about his release from Washington. And he said, quote, I wouldn't necessarily say I was surprised. It's just part of the business. It wasn't necessarily the people that, you know, were bought in by a new coaching staff and understand that this is a business and realizing that as the season went on, that things weren't going to go the way that we both wanted to. And all I have to say to that is, yes, the business is to get rid of malcontents who don't do their jobs.
0: (laughs) You know what I thought when I saw that? I thought, I wish he had said, I screwed that up. Like, I look back, I can't believe I screwed it up like that. Because he was awful. The friggin' selfie in the crowd after his first touchdown. I remember seeing that and a massive alarm went off in my head. Like, oh, this. This is the dumbest guy in the NFL. Like, this is your first-round quarterback. I know people react to individual events, uh, overreact, but that was alarming. And then more and more a nightclub incidents. Like, oh, okay, now here's the classic ones we see with some of these problem players. It's nightlife-related stuff and whatever. Uh, so, yeah, the the selfie seems a little bit weird. How awesome would it have been to see, like, okay, everyone says Dwayne Haskins. He's really young. He still has a chance to mature. But he's had these rumors of being a bit of a prima donna. Red carpet's been rolled out uh, for him everywhere he went. At Ohio State, when uh, Joe Burrow was going to be the quarterback, Haskins was highly recruited. They wanted Haskins so badly, so they gave him the starting job there. Clearly not Joe Burrow, (laughs) not even in the same stratosphere. I know he had an amazing year at Ohio State, but literally every quarterback who plays at Ohio State has an amazing year. So I'm not going to compare what they did in – Um, college. You could say, oh, he played for Washington. He had no help around him. Joe Burrow played for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the, the argument is done. It would be so great to see Haskins just say, I screwed it up because he did. And there's nothing else around it. You saying, oh, it didn't go the way we the way we both wanted it. What do you mean? Just say I screwed up and you take accountability for that. And I would actually, at that point, have a little more hope from like, oh, this guy is self-aware. Because to me, this sort of reads like he still doesn't totally get it. He sort of thinks like, oh, they should give me more chances. There's a new coaching staff where you see Johnny Manziel on media tours recently. And I don't know know how to trust him really at any point. But it does seem like he sincerely gets that he screwed up his NFL career. Now, his talent was never as high as everyone thought it was. Like he ran around in – I don't even know what league Big 10, big whatever. They, they change those leagues all the time. But he ran around in a league that, you know, I know he had a great game against Alabama, but he was like a four 4'7 type guy. He, he can't just rely on the scrambling in the NFL like he did at A&M. And he had a, a decent arm but not a great arm. He's not as super talented as everyone wanted to make him out to be, sort of like how Tim Tebow was very successful in college. But I guess what I'm trying to say is obviously his, his behavior is what screwed up his NFL career. And uh, through the past few years, he's made a lot of appearances. I think he's trying to help people with sobriety and stuff like that. And he says that, like, look, I I have no regrets. Like, obviously, Cleveland was not a great situation for anyone to be in, but I screwed up so much of that. And that, to me, sort of seems like a guy who sort of gets it. Now, it's over for him, but I would have loved to hear that from Haskins instead of, like, Okay, now he's coming to Pittsburgh, and he knows he has a he has a big fan base of people who are like, "Hey, hey, this could be Ben's heir. He was a first round pick." Oh, Mike Tomlin's talking me up, and and I kind of that would be my prediction is to think that like, if you don't have a major epiphany, Haskins, and and a major humbling, eh, you're probably just going to be who you were, a, a good talent, um, who would need to make leaps and bounds mentally to be a great quarterback, but. Uh, do you have anything else on Haskins? Because I still have some more opinions on him. I just yeah. want to point out to everybody how many receivers are talking about his arm strength. Okay? Haskins has a, a very good arm. He does not have an elite arm, though. He doesn't have Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Drew Locke. There's other guys who have come out in the past years who have these super strong arms. Haskins is more like around the Ben area. Like okay, really good arm but not um, you know, Aaron Rodgers ish. The reason why so many people are making comments about this should talk should tell you guys about the arm strength from Mason Rudolph. Because you know Ben's not he has the ability to put the zip on the ball still, but he's not doing it as consistently. And you're getting a ball from Haskins who isn't necessarily uh, a, an absolutely uh, flamethrower type guy. But the, the young Steelers receivers who have only thrown with Mason and Duck for their first year and then old Ben and Mason now, they're seeing what it's like. Oh, oh okay, this guy's real zip on the ball. So I guess that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. They're seeing a zip on the ball. He's not Brett Favre. But when you're throwing with Mason Rudolph, he's got a noodle arm. So when you see some guy with a a slightly decent arm come in there and and sling it and throw nice spirals, you know, unlike a Josh Dobbs, who's not a consistent thrower, that's what's making an impression. So when I hear those reports about Haskins throwing the ball well, that's what it immediately makes me think of. It's like that, that should give people more evidence of what we're working with with Mason, who, by the way, is a better quarterback right now than Dwayne Haskins. He processes better. He moves through his stuff better. He has better touch. Spotify green room everybody formerly locker room. This is the best way To talk sports if you want a live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download. It's easy to use You can talk to fans, athletes, podcasters and insiders in real time You can have watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and you can react to breaking news without having to deal with the world or news, or people trying to get their jokes off. I mean, they'll still try to get their jokes off in a sports connotation, but we, we brush that right off of our shoulders. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS or Android App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group.
1: Kansas City State Company wants to make this your best grilling season ever. Unfortunately, you missed your opportunity to send a nice box of these babies to your father. Unlike my children. Thanks, Nick. Thank your sister. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 15% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. They've got classic steaks, USDA Prime, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more. Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. These are the steakhouse-quality steaks, aged to perfection. They make it easy. Each order is flash-frozen and delivered directly. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Enjoy butter tender filet mignon, hearty Kansas City strip steaks and savory ribeyes. It's been a tough year, so enjoy being together again by bring the steakhouse to your house with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get fifteen percent off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code Steelers Destroy. One last story. Uh, Steelers had a visit from. Seven-year veteran, five-time Pro Bowler, Trey Turner.
0: Yep. That's interesting, right? I love the aggression. I know Trey Turner's been uh, heavily injured over the past few years. Obviously, anybody who's available at this point in the offseason has some sort of asterisk with their name. It is weird that they would bring in a guard with all the depth they have there. And obviously, hopefully, DeCastro recovers. But you should be comfortable in Dotson and DeCastro, and then you got Finney who can swing at those spots, and I guess Haig's going to be the tackle. But uh, it doesn't seem like this would be the biggest positioner need. You would hope that they'd bring in a tackle, but maybe they're just saying, hey, we hear the cries. We know we need offensive line just in general, so we're going to kick the tires on this guy and, what, and see what happens. But I do like that the Steelers have been bringing in uh, some high pedigree guys recently with Malik Hooker at safety and Trey Turner coming in. It, it is an interesting uh, thing that they're doing.
1: Yeah, he was traded from uh, Carolina after six years to to L.A. His snaps went from high 800s down to 500 because I think he has ankle injuries. So he's kind of damaged goods, but uh, maybe it's sort of acute injuries rather than something chronic. And right. again, as you put it, the Steelers are kicking the tires. He is a high pedigree guy, as evidenced by his former contracts. But my guess is at this point... That's not going to happen, but the Steelers still are really tight for cash.
0: I only worry about DeCastro's health when I hear something like this. I think that might be looking a little too deep into it, but, I mean, he's had so many health problems recently. I know he even missed some time already in minicamp. That would be Go the only thing us. I would keep an eye on, and that would be hand to Castro. So I would just keep an eye on that. You know? All
1: right. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers.
0: Okay, bye-bye.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you.